truth. And we dealt with the introduction to the revelation. And last week we just gave us an introduction. Last week's lesson gave us an introduction. Hope you're able to uh, get the tape so you can study um, the truth of God's word. Um, tonight we'll deal with something a little need more space, so I'm going to probably go up here tonight, if you all don't mind, that's fine. Tonight we're going to deal with the, we told you that we like to deal with the seven churches, but we thought rather it'd be better, and we're sorry that if you start the study, that's good, it won't, it won't spoil, it'll do you good, because they're all going to just all go together. Um, we dealt with seven series or seven sequences. Thank you, brother. In the Revelation. And one was the seven churches. The seven churches. In Revelation 2 and 3, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the two witnesses. The Beast series, which includes the true and false woman, the Vow series, and the two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon, the true church, false church. Tonight we just want to start with Revelation, the sixth chapter, covering the, six, the seven seals. And so the churches, seven churches will be incorporated within this, this lesson. Okay, let's go back to Revelation, the first chapter, and start there. In verse number three again, or verse number one through three, rather, the Bible says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which shortly must come to pass. And... He sent and signified it. Now, we told you what the word signified meant. Anybody remember from last week? He sent and signified it, symbolized it, by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Number three says, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. God said we'll be blessed if we read and keep those things which are written therein. So I pray that we have ears to hear tonight and symbols. He signified his word. He sent his word. He signified his word. He symbolized his word, which are things that seen with the spirit, can only be seen with the spiritual eye. Something can only be seen with the spiritual eye. Symbols have spiritual meaning. Symbols, for example, we use for communion the wine or the juice or the grape juice and 
the bread, which symbolizes the blood, which symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ. It's not actually the body and blood of Jesus Christ, but it symbolizes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So as we go to Revelation, the sixth chapter, and tonight we'll deal with the opening of the first seal in the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter. Verse number one says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals. John said, I saw. I saw. We see things, we see literal things. Literal things are things we can see with the, the naked eye. They are things that we can see with the literal, literal things. For example, when we look into the heavens, when we look into the sky, we can see the stars. We can see the moon. We can see the sun. We can see uh, uh, lightning. We can see the heavens. When we look at literal things on the earth, we can see the rivers. We can see rocks. We can see mountains. We can see snow. We can see rain. Okay? Uh, when we see literal things. But symbols are things that seen with the spiritual eye. It's not literal. For example, some things that is not seen with the eye, things like the wind, things like thunder. The revelation speaks of wind. The revelation speaks of thunder. All right? The revelation speaks of the sea of glass. The revelation speaks of the 24 elders, the 24 seats. The revelation uh, speaks of the angels that's blowing the trumpets. The uh, revelation speaks of a woman that's clothed with the sun, moon under her feet. These are spiritual things, symbols. And I pray that God will give us an understanding. My prayer is that God will give us all a clear understanding of what the Spirit is saying to us tonight. And how does this apply to us tonight? And as we open up the first seal unto us tonight, I pray that God will give us a clear-cut understanding of it. Amen. We can walk away from here tonight saying it was good for us to be here tonight. Amen. We just don't want to be here tonight. Uh, amen. Just out of a form of fashion. But Lord, I want to understand your word tonight. So I hope you have ears to hear. We don't want itching ears tonight. Amen. We don't want dirty ears tonight. Clean out your spiritual ears. Uh, open your spiritual eyes. Amen. Ask God to open your heart and open your mind. Praise God. The Lord, that I may be able to understand. I may be able to see. Uh, amen. What the Spirit of God is saying tonight. So Revelation, the first chapter, verse 6, John said, And I saw, according to Isaiah, the 29th chapter, verse 11 and 12. Amen. If you have your symbols, of the revelation you see in there, according to Isaiah the 29th chapter, verse 11, 12, and Matthew the 13th chapter, verse 11 and through verse 17, where Jesus talking about parables. 
Amen. Amen. Uh, so he opened one of the seals. He re revealed, uh, amen, the first seal to John. Uh, amen. The mystery. Amen. Uh, so a seal is an unrevealed mystery. Uh, amen. We want to see what God uh, wants to reveal to us tonight. When the lamb, who is the lamb? Thank God the lamb is Jesus Christ. After Jesus Christ, uh, amen, returned with glory to glory. Uh, thank God, sat down on the right hand throne of God. Uh, amen, who's interceding for you and interceding for me, thank God. Uh, amen, uh, he just didn't leave us here uh, uh, blank, praise God. He didn't leave us here, uh, amen, not understanding uh, other things, what the church was going through at that time and what the church was, was going to be going through. Uh, so he wrote the book of Revelation. Uh, amen, the Revelation covers, uh, amen, John's present. Uh, John's uh, uh, past, uh, John's present, uh, and John's future, thank God. And it covers our past, uh, amen, and uh, I don't know how much future we got left, uh, but thank God the revelation covers until the coming of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, and when I saw the Lamb open one of the seals, I heard, as it were, what did he hear? He heard something. John heard something. When he opened up the first seal, the first thing he said, uh, he said, I heard something. He said, I heard, as it was, the noise of thunder. He said, I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Amen. Uh, that's important to understand here so we can understand what time we're dealing with here. Amen. When you see the word thunder uh, in the Bible after the seals are open, you will see thunder follows. Amen. And uh, um, thunder is a loud, as you all know, just from the natural ears, uh, is a loud echo. It's a loud echo of noise. Uh, amen. Followed, uh, that follows lightning. So you get lightning first, uh, then you get what? Then you get thunder. Uh, amen. So something had to precede this thunder. And amen, when John opened up the first seal, uh, he saw as it were, he heard the noise of thunder and one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And verse 2, amen, and I saw, and what did he see? He heard, then he saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him, he had a bow and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So he heard thunder, which is followed by lightning that's already happened. So thunder here is pointing back to something that already happened. John was to write things that he had seen, things present, and he had to write things that was going to happen in the future. Amen. Uh, lightning precedes thunder. Amen. I want you to understand that for the first seal because lightning is, uh, symbolizes the light of truth. Lightning symbolizes the light of truth uh, and thunder it symbolizes understanding of the truth. So what had happened? 
Amen. Uh, what was that lightning? Amen. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, where the, where the revelation starts, on the day of Pentecost, there was lightning. Uh, amen. And there were thunders. Uh, there was noise. There was a shakening. There was an earthquake. There was some noise. God's word, uh, amen, it was as lightning. Uh, men got the understanding of Jesus Christ, his message, and thank God on the day of Pentecost, uh, amen, 3,000 souls were converted. When the word of God uh, goes forth and is preached, thank God, uh, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It is our light. It is our light. It is our light. The word of God is preached. I thank God as the word of God is preached tonight. Amen. Your souls will thunder, praise God. Amen. You'll hear the thunder of God's word. Uh, you'll get the understanding of it. It's not talking about some thunder that John heard up in the sky from some rain and a, and a, a, a thunderstorm. It's talking about some spiritual thunder. So what precedes thunder is lightning. Amen. The lightning is the revealed truth of God's word. The thunder is the understanding of it. So he had heard thunder, uh, but some lightning had already proceeded. What well, he had, he had already uh, had seen something. He had, he was there uh, on the day of Pentecost. He saw what happened. Amen. He understood what happened. Amen. And, amen. And not only that, uh, but every nation under heaven, uh, they was able to understand uh, and see. Amen. Uh, the church. Amen. They will understand and see the plain truth. Amen. The naked truth. They were able to understand the church. So this thunder is pointing back to something. And it's the day of Pentecost. And each time a seal is open, we hear the noise of thunder. But one of the beasts... One of the four beasts told John, he said, I don't want you to hear something. I want you to see something. So the day of Pentecost, the gospel day starts from that, the time of Christ when he built and established his church until his second advent, until his second coming. And verse 2 said, I saw and behold, amen, a, a white horse. I saw a white horse, and he that sat on him on the white horse had a bowl and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now there is a lot said here in this first and second verse. That's why the Revelation, amen, it's a book that's sealed with many symbols it's the rest of the story, amen, of Jesus Christ and his church. Matter of fact, it's the story of Jesus Christ and his church all the way from the beginning of Christ's ministry, uh, the first time of his coming to his second coming. That's called the gospel day. Hey, there are seven seals, seven different periods of time. So let's find out plainly what happened in this first period of time. What did John see? He saw, amen, a white horse. 
Amen. He saw a white horse. Now, what does the word, what does white horse symbolize? What does horses uh, uh, symbolize in the Bible itself? Uh, horses symbolizes warfare. Horses symbolize uh, militant spirits. We're going to find out that horses, as you turn with me to Zechariah, the sixth chapter, it symbolizes warfare. It symbolizes militant spirits. Just horses itself. All right? Jo uh, John, uh, he's drawn from a vision, the amen, uh, of horses. When you see horses, horses represented uh, uh, not only warfare, but it was something uh, that was very uh, uh, in the civil community at that time. People used horses uh, uh, to get back and forth. So this was something that John can relate to. Amen. The church of God, uh, we're a militant force. The church of God, uh, we are in warfare. Amen. And thank God we are a militant force. Amen. Amen. So let's see what horses exactly uh, uh, just symbolizes in the word of God. So if you go to Zechariah with me tonight, because John saw something. When the first seal was open, he saw a white horse. Praise be unto God. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out from heaven. Two mountains, I'm sorry, there came four chariots out from between two mountains. And the mountains were mountains of brass. In the first chariot were red horses. In the second chariot, black horses. In the third chariot, white horses. And in the fourth chariot, grizzled and bay horses. And I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are four spirits of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. So we see here horses is spirits. And these spirits were standing before the Lord. You remember the spirit that wanted to tempt Job? Where was he standing? Before the Lord. He was standing before the Lord. These are spirits. In Zechariah the 10th chapter, go to the 10th chapter, verse number 3. Zechariah 10, verse number 3. Turn with me there to Zechariah 10, verse number 3. My anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats. For the Lord of hosts had visited his flock, the house of Judah, and have made them his goodly horse in the battle. So here's a horse. It is related to battle. Verse 3 again. My anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats. For the Lord had visited his flock, the house of Judah, and have made them, have made them, the house of Judah, have made the church, have made the church his goodly his goodly what? His goodly horse in what? 
So in Revelation, we see a goodly horse. We see a horse that's white. There are three other horses that we will later study, and they are red, they are gray, and it's black. That's not the goodly horse. But God has made the church of God his goodly horse. Amen. Amen. And thank God we are Christ of Christ and Christ is of us. Thank God we have his spirit. Amen. It's going to take a spirit to fight spirits. It's going to take uh, uh, the spirit of Christ, uh, amen, to be able uh, to fight. Uh, we are in a warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not literal. They are not carnal. This is not something that you can see with your hands and your eyes and feel and touch. But the weapons of our warfare is spiritual. It's not carnal, but the Bible says they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So we, as the God's church, we are in a warfare. The church of God, the early church, amen, after the day of Pentecost, the church of God went forth, shining forth the light of truth, and they was in a warfare. But they was in a, on, a, on a good horse, the white horse. They were on a white horse. In Job, the 39th chapter. Go over to Job real quickly. 39. Just to prove this point further. Thank God we can have the conquering spirit of Christ within. When John, when the vision was open, thank God he was able to see, first of all, he was able to see a white horse. Job, Job 39 and verse number 18. Job 39, verse number 18. Are you there? Amen. Job 39, verse 18. What time she lifted up herself on high, she scorneth the horse and his rider. Hast thou given the horse strength? Hast thou clothed his neck with thunder? Canst thou make him afraid as a grasshopper? The glory of his nostrils is terrible. He pawneth in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goeth on to meet the armed men. The armed men. We're fighting against spirits. But you know what? Spirits dwell in men. If we read over in the, the Zechariah, the, the, eight, the, uh, uh, the last chapter in Zechariah, we read uh, in the sixth chapter, the Bible said the horses were in the chariots. These horses was in the chariots. They wasn't pulling the chariots. They were in the chariots. They were in the hearts of men. I pray that we have the spirit of Christ in the heart. I pray, amen, uh, uh, in uh, the heart and spirit of man. Uh, thank God uh, I'm on a white horse tonight. Amen. We'll see that this white horse, it went forth. It went forth conquering to conquer. 
terrified. He mocketh at fear and is not affrighted. Neither turneth he back from the sword. You're going to find out you're going to have one of these horses within you. You're going to be riding one of them. I hope you're on the white one. Because there's some spirits, uh, amen, that will be right among us in the midst, uh, amen, on a red horse, uh, amen, on a black horse, uh, amen, on a pale horse. And they ain't afraid of you. There's spirits you got to fight out there, uh, they're not afraid. They're going to fight you. We are in a warfare. The early church was in a warfare. He pawneth in the valley, rejoices in his strength. He goeth on to meet the armed men. He mocketh at fear and is not afraid. Neither turneth he back from the sword. Thank God the word of God is our sword. But there's spirits out there that don't even turn back from the sword. There's spirits that will stand you toe to toe. Amen. He quiver, the quiver rattleth against him, the glittering spear and the shield. He swalloweth the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither believeth he that is, that, I'm sorry, neither believeth he that it is the sound of the trumpet. They don't believe the sound of the trumpet. We're going to find that red horse is an unbelieving spirit. He said among the trumpets, what did he say? Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. I'll tell you something. Now, amen. Now, by God's grace, I mean to stay on the white horse. The church, the early church, uh, amen, they were among, uh, amen, the Roman Empire, uh, amen, uh, they were mocked. They were killed. They were laughed at. They were scorned. They were whipped. They were beaten. They were thrown to the den of lions. They were burned at the stake. We're going to find more of that out later. Amen. But just the point is, amen, that horses, amen, represent warfare. When you get saved, you just can't be lying down, being casual about this thing, being passive about your salvation. Amen. You want to keep what you got, you got to fight for it. You want to keep what you got, uh, amen, you got, to, you got to put forth some effort. You got to put some forth some effort in your salvation. You got to fight to keep what you have. We sang a song, Victory, tonight. Victory. Amen. We sang a song, Victory. If you want to maintain your spiritual victory, uh, amen, I advise you to stay on the white horse. If you're not on it, you need to get on it. He said, ah, ha, ha, ha. He smelled the battle far off, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. So we wanted to prove the point that horses mean it symbolized warfare or militant spirits. Thank God God's church is a militant force. We're a militant force. Here the church in the sixth seal or the early or called the morning time church from AD 33 to 
to 270 A.D. Amen. We see here the first seal was in that time period. But the church was not on any other horse but then the white horse. Now the word white in the word of God is on a white horse which represented or mean or symbolizes purity, holiness. White means something. White means to be clean. White means to be pure. White means, amen, to be undefiled. White means to be undefiled. White means to be pure. White means to be holy. So, amen, on the, in, uh, in the opening of this first seal, uh, John saw a white horse. He saw a white horse. He saw a pure horse. He saw holiness. He saw purity. We know, as you all can remember with me, uh, uh, the word, how the word of God says in Psalms, the 51st chapter, in verse number 7, David prayed, purge me. And he said, I shall be clean. He said, wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. So God's church, amen, the early church, the morning church, they were a clean people. They were saved. They were clean. They were pure. They were holy. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were undefiled. That's the church that Jesus built. And the gates of hell can't prevail against it. I'm reminded of how Isaiah, in Isaiah, the first chapter, verse 18, uh, Isaiah, uh, he said, uh, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white, white as snow. James, the first chapter, verse 27, we'll get that one. James, the first chapter, verse number 27, amen. Uh, we're talking about uh, the white horse. Uh, it's a pure, it's an undefiled, it is a clean, amen, church of God people, victorious over sin, amen, a militant force. Thank God going forth, conquering and to conquer, amen, not turning away from the battle, but thank God we face our foes, thank God. Thank God we're on the winning side tonight. That's the church Jesus built, uh, amen, and thank God uh, he ain't got hypocrites in his church. There's no defile uh, in his church, amen. Uh, I believe in Isaiah, the 35th chapter, uh, let me get that real quickly here. Isaiah, the 35th chapter here, amen. Uh, while we turn there, amen, James 1, 27, uh, the Bible says, pure religion and undefiled before God, uh, amen, and the Father, uh, is to visit the fatherless uh, and widows in their affliction and, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. There's no spot in her. There's no wrinkle in her. This white horse, uh, it symbolizes, uh, amen, uh, it symbolizes uh, the spirit of Christ, uh, amen, in the church. What happened on the day of Pentecost? They were filled with the spirit. 
They were filled with the Spirit. And it was clean. It was white. It was pure. Why? Because they were undefiled. They were saved from their sins. They were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And, and from that time, they went forth. They went forth. They went forth doing something. They went forth conquering. They went forth conquering. And thank God and to conquer. Thank God they just didn't conquer back then. But it's what they went forth to conquer. And we're still conquering for us today. We're yet a conquering for us tonight. The church. They weren't spotted from the world. They were set aside from the world. They stood out from the world. Are you unspotted from the world? Way back in AD 33, amen, uh, the beginning of, church, of the church of God, uh, amen, uh, being organized, uh, unified. Uh, we see, amen, we see the salvation working. We see, uh, amen, uh, uh, sanctification working, the infilling of the Spirit of God. Uh, we see unity working. Amen. We see these things operating uh, in the body. Uh, amen. Uh, and they went forth conquering. They went forth conquering and to conquer. In Isaiah 35, verse number 8. The early morning church was separated from the world. They wasn't defiled by the world. They wasn't defiled by the world. Amen. They stood out from the world. Amen. They didn't have, uh, they had the spirit of Christ. They had the Holy Ghost as their guide. Verse number eight says, a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. This white means holiness. This white means holiness. You can't live a holy life if you're not sanctified. You can't live a sanctified life, uh, amen, uh, unless you're saved. You can't be saved with sin in your life. You can be a church member. You can be on every roll in St. Pete, but you can't be saved. Amen. And you can't be saved, amen, and have sin in your life at the same time. God don't have sin in Christian. I said God don't have sin in Christian. Christian don't sin. Christian means Christ's life. A Christian is pure. A Christian is holy. I mean, one or two things. I'm a Christian or I'm a sinner. I can't be both. It says a highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall be for those. But it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err 
their end. No lion shall be there. No ravenous beast shall go up, up, up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Revelation, the sixth chapter, in verse number two, John said, I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on, on him, on him, amen, on him, amen, I thank God I'm on him. Amen. Thank God Jesus Christ is the head of the church, praise God. And he that sat on him had a bow. I thank God that Jesus Christ, the Bible says, no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. We built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ built his church. Jesus Christ built his church. And thank God we are built, uh, amen, uh, upon him. He's the chief cornerstone, thank God. The Bible said he had a bow and a crown was given unto him. I tell you this church, the church of God is a militant force. It was a militant force back then. Amen. When John saw this, uh, he thank God he was a part of this. Uh, he was also in a, a battle at the same time when he was receiving the revelation on a small 50 by 50 Isle of Patmos. Amen. And was given the book of Revelation and he can see himself in this picture right here. This was his time. This was the seal in which he opened. He didn't understand the second and the, and the third and the, and the fourth. He, would, he didn't live in those times. Those things were sealed up. But here it is. Uh, he was able to see, uh, amen, just what he was faced with, just what he was going through. He was in a battle rightness. But thank God he was conquering. He was conquering. The Bible says, and he that, had, he that sat on him, he had a bow. It's not talking about the rainbow. Amen. Some taught to believe that it meant the rainbow, which is the promise uh, in God's word, but uh, it's not so. Amen. It don't really take away from it, but amen. We don't want to add, neither take away from uh, um, God's word. But when we go out to, when we go to Psalms, the 64th chapter, in verse number three, there's a reason why Amen. He that sat on the horse had a bow. In Psalms, the 64th chapter, let's find out what does the symbol of the bow mean. And, Isaiah, and I'm sorry, Psalms, the 64th chapter, in verse number three, Let's start at verse number one. Hear my voice, O Lord, in, in, in my prayer. 
Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret, secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Look at verse number three. Who, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. So just like we found out that horses meant what? Spirits. The bow means words sent out. So here it is, a white horse, he that sat on it, amen, was pure. Thank God the horse was pure. It was holy. Amen. He that sat on it was pure, was holy. And thank God uh, uh, he had a bow in his hand. Thank God we're just not always on a defensive, but thank God the church uh, went forth to oppose uh, wickedness. Went forth to oppose wrong and, and sin. She was a poser, but she had a bow in her hand to oppose. Now, what is the bow? It represents words sent out. The horses meant spirits, but there is a spirit. There is a spirit. The spirit. I mean, there is many a spirits out here, but is, there is the one and only spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's how the church is going to conquer. We need the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to win your battles without the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to conquer and to conquer without the Holy Spirit. You cannot, you cannot uh, uh, possibly in this world today, uh, any length of time after salvation, uh, amen, God give you a grace period, but you need the Holy Spirit to stay saved. You need the Holy Spirit to guide. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you. And thank God uh, his church uh, has the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Do you have the Holy Spirit tonight? Are you conquering and conquering? Uh, are you losing your battles? The church on the day of Pentecost was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she won her battles. And thank God the gates of hell shall never, has never, and will never prevail against it. Prevail against her. She's yet a conquering force. I need your prayers tonight. Because even preaching this message, I got to fight spirits of the air. I got to fight all kind of thoughts coming to my mind. Devil don't like this type of message being preached. Amen. And, 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 but thank God I got a bow in my hand tonight. You, you can't see it. You can't see it. But it's in my hand. I hope you got your bow so when you see spirits, uh, you can shoot at it. 
spirits you got to sit here and question. All kind of spirits you got to sit here and shoot, brother. Sleepy spirits. Unconcerned spirits. Nonchalant spirits. Questioning spirits. I've heard the revelation preached better than this. I, 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 I don't believe that. Spirit of unbelief. Gotta shoot all kind. What kind of spirits you shoot at tonight? What kind of spirits are pulling you tonight? The church has some uh, spirits that came against them. Bro, they had to fight the spirit of paganism. They were fighting all kind of pagan spirits. But, but here it is. Bow means words sent out. Words. Words. All right? What kind of word do we got? Go to Habakkuk 3 9. Habakkuk 3. It says in verse number 9, Habakkuk. Habakkuk, a couple of books from Matthew, right before Matthew, towards the end of the Old Testament. Hope you got it. Everybody got it? Habakkuk, the third chapter, and verse number nine. Stay with us tonight. We'll take our time. Habakkuk, the third chapter, verse number nine. It says, thy bow was made quite naked. I like that. I like the naked truth of God's word. Don't dress it up. Just give me the naked, plain truth of God's word. That bowl was naked. And you can see it, brother. I ain't hiding this thing. That bowl was naked according to the oaths of the tribe. Even what? Thy what? Thy word. Brother, what is our boa? It is the word of God. Our boa tonight, thank God, it is words sent out. Our boa, thank God, it is the word of God. It is even thy word. Now listen to this. Remember when Jesus Christ was in a battle with the devil? He went up to a high, exceedingly high mountain, and he was tempted of the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil tempted him, what did Christ use on the devil? The word. What is, what is, our, what is our weapon, our offensive artillery is the word. Now, I want you to turn with me. The, the word of God is our offensive weapon. Now, against what do we use it? We use it against spirits. We use it against spirits. Go to Jeremiah with me. Go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. The 14th, the 50th chapter. Jeremiah. The 50th chapter.
Are we all there? Jeremiah, the 50th chapter, and verse number 14. It says, put yourselves in array. Put yourselves in array against who? Against who? It says, put yourselves in array. What does array mean? Array means face to face. Array means battle to battle. Array means uh, warfare. Put yourselves in a fight against Babylon. Where at? Round about. I mean, Babylon is all around us, brother. It's round about. Put yourselves in array against Babylon round about. The early church had to fight the, the very spirit of paganism. And we're going to get into some of the battles they had to fight, but I'm just showing you here tonight, we're giving you a little sneak preview here of what this bow is used for. It's words sent out. We don't go to Babylon and fight them with no regular sword, with no regular bow and arrows. But, brother, how are we going to conquer Babylon uh, is with the word. Amen. Uh, amen. Babylon, come knocking on your door. Brother, they got they, they got they bow pointed. As soon as you open the door, they shooting at you. And what most folks want to do is say, oh, close the door. We've been hit. We're under attack. Babylon is roundabout. People have been affected by Babylon. People will oppose you when you stand for truth. What you mean, Babylon? What is Babylon? Babylon means false religion. Babylon means, uh, amen, uh, Babylon means uh, confusion. People that's in, uh, amen, religious uh, confusion, but they're set for the defense uh, of their own gospels, of their own doctrines. And you got to be like Paul. Uh, he said, I am set uh, for the defense uh, of the gospel, of the gospel. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly divided the word of truth. The reason why, amen, you ain't got no arrows, amen, in your, your, your shiver, thank God. Amen, nothing to shoot, thank God, because you ain't studied nothing. It says in the early church, they study the apostles' doctrine to see if the things which they were saying to them were so. So they heard the word, then they went home, they studied the word, then they applied the word, because when they became in a battle, they was able to stand for the word. They died for this word. They fought for this word. Brother, they went forth shooting. They went forth shooting. And they tore up paganism. They tore it up. Souls were being saved. Souls were being converted. Souls were being changed. We see all through the book of Acts. We can see some examples here. Amen. Uh, amen. We can see some examples here. Uh, go to Acts, the 13th chapter here. Words sent out. 
this bowl here. Amen. And Acts, let's look into some of the things that were going on during this time period here. Let's look at some of the things that were going on during this time period here. In Acts, the 13th chapter, here it is, a, 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 the white horse, uh, amen, uh, amen, it is, uh, amen, the spirit of Christ, uh, his church, uh, amen, uh, uh, represents purity, uh, represents holiness, thank God. And thank God uh, we're, uh, uh, amen, can be on the white horse rider. If you're not, and if we are, we need to stay on it. Uh, we need to have our bowls wet. Uh, we need to have our bowls ready uh, to go forth conquering to conquering. Uh, and we're going to come back to Isaiah, the 50th chapter. So I want you to keep your hand there, right? Jeremiah, rather. Now there were in the church of Antioch, um, uh, let me see here, Acts the 13th chapter. Acts the 13th chapter. In verse number 7. And which was of the deputy of the country, Sir Jesus, Sergius, Paulus, a prudent man. I'm sorry, go back to verse 6. And when they had gone through the Isle of Papus, they found a certain, a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul, and desired to hear the word of the Lord. This deputy that wanted to hear the word of the Lord. This deputy called for Saul, amen, and wanted to hear the word of the Lord. But this false prophet, this sorcerer, this false prophet, this sorcerer, who do we tell us was all around us, all around us, was all around us. We're fighting, a, amen, the Babylonian spirits today. They had to fight paganism then, amen. What are we fighting today? We're fighting spirits today. Amen. Uh, here it is, this certain uh, false prophet or sorcerer, uh, for so is his name by interpretation. What did he do? He withstood them. Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the what? Huh? That's important to know now. If you ain't filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you claim to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is not stirred up within you, you haven't stirred up the gift within you, you ain't going to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Because that's what we're fighting. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're, Paul didn't lay his hands on this man. But words were sent out. Huh? Words were sent out. Let's see what words were sent out. He said, he said, then Paul, who was called Saul, wait a minute, let's say what he, was, what, what he had, what he had. He was full. He was ready for battle, brother. He was ready for battle. You got that? Acts 13. Acts 13. Verse, stay with us now. Verse number nine. He was full. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Bible says he set his eyes on him. He ain't run from the battle. He set himself in array. He set himself face to face. He set his eyes on him. Devil, I see you. Devil, I see you. I see the Spirit trying to work through you. He set his eyes on him. And he said, and he said, here's his bow, here's his bow. He's about to shoot now. He said, oh, full of subtlety. 
all in all in all mischief. Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right rays of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then a deputy, when he saw what was done, when he saw what was done, what happened? He saw what was done, he did what? We was in the battle. He was trying to turn the deputy away from the faith. Paul was trying to get the deputy in the faith. But when, the, when he saw what was done, then he believed. Do the world need this? The world saw a victorious life in the early church. The world was convinced of Jesus Christ. They turned away from their paganistic worship, forms of worship. They turned away from their various gods. There is another story uh, 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 in the, he, he believed being astonished at the what? At the what? So there was doctrine that was going on, brother. He, there, was, there was false doctrine being exchanged. Then there was the doctrine of the Lord going on. Are y'all understanding me? I mean, Paul, Paul was convinced the man of the true doctrine, words being gone out. When people come to your door, when you meet people on your job, what are they dealing with? You're dealing with doctrine. You're just not dealing with uh, 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 John 3.16 anymore. You're dealing with doctrine. What's going to convince Babylon is the doctrine. Amen. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, perfect unto all good works. So this bur this this boat it represents words sent out, and many other stories uh, such as this here in in the book of Acts. Amen. There's one here about uh, a lady of div a divination, and uh, you'll find that. Turn with me here to. Uh, 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 verse 14 of Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, verse 14. Acts 16, verse 16, I'm sorry. Acts 16, verse incidences, these uh, uh, New Testament uh, accounts of what happened in the early church. Amen. This is the first seal. And the Bible says in verse number 14, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, heard us, words sent out, whose heart the Lord opened, and she uttered the things which were spoken of Paul, words sent out. And when she had, was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful and to be uh, to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Verse 16. And it came to pass, as he went, as we went to prayer, a certain dasmal, possessed with a spirit of divination, met, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She brought her masters much gain with her religion. People bring their masters much gain, their preachers much gain uh, in their religion. She brought her masters much gain by her soothsaying, by her, by her divination, 
by her witchcrafting. The same followed Paul and us and cried. The same, this woman followed this, possessed with a spirit now. He, you needed the Holy Spirit to fight a spirit. And, she, and, and, and the Bible says, and she followed, the same followed Paul and us and cried saying, these men are the servants of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation. People mock you too. These people are the church of God who say they can live free from sin. You nothing but a cult. You don't speak in tongues. Y'all don't dance. Y'all don't fall out. Y'all ain't got the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. What you gonna do? You gonna run and hide? You gonna do? You gonna run and hide? Duck, put your tail between your legs, and and, and w w w you got any arrows to shoot now? People want to influence you uh, against the pastor. People want to influence you against the word. Uh, people want to influence you against the doctrine. You gonna shoot anything? You got anything to shoot? The same follow Paul, verse seventeen, and us. The same follow Paul and us in Christ, saying, "These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation." And this, and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said, "Said to the what?" He didn't say to the woman. It was a spirit working in the woman. Are you with me? There was a spirit working in the woman. He said to the spirit. I'm not against people down in Babylon, but I'm against the spirit of it. They were dealing with conquering the spirit of the world of, at, at that age, in their time. With the worship of many different gods. And he turned and said to that spirit. What did he say? I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rules. But they were being persecuted. They was in a battle. They was in a battle. They was in a battle. It wasn't, it wasn't no literal guns and no Uzis and no, no, no regular, no real bow. It was a spiritual bows. It was a spiritual bow. So the bow, go back to Jeremiah 50. Go back to Jeremiah 50. So the bow is words sent out. Bo, uh, Jeremiah, the 50th chapter. All right. Are you all there? You all beat me there. Here. In Jeremiah, the 50th chapter, verse number 14 again, it says, shout, uh, put yourselves in array against Babylon, round about, all ye that bend the what? The bow. Uh, shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she hath sinned against the Lord. Shout against her round about. I thank God when the church of God come, amen, we need to be able to shout loud and clear against Babylon. 
I mean, when you come to the church of God, the, uh, the service, your testimony, you should be that God delivered you. I thank God for victory over Babylon. I thank God for victory over false religion. I thank God for delivering me from Babylon. I thank God for delivering me from false tongues. I thank God for delivering me from sin you must and sin you can't help yourself. What are you doing? You shooting at her. All these different religious organizations out here, that's called Babylon. That's the modern day spiritual place of called Babylon. It's a place of confusion. It's a place of captivity. And people still go to church and yet commit sin. The preacher tell them they can't help themselves. Ain't nobody perfect. Brother, you need to give your testimony, you need to shoot at it. Need to be a witness. They have sinned against the Lord. Shout against her round about. She have given her hand. Her foundations are falling. Her walls are thrown down. Go to verse number 29. Call together the archers against Babylon. What are archers? Bow and arrows. Men who hold bow and arrows. Call again the archers against Babylon. All ye that bend the bow, camp against it round about. We're fighting a spirit. We've got people out there in sin. People in Babylon, they're committing adultery, fornication, every type of sin there is. Every sin under heaven is going on down in Babylon somewhere. Some people got, some spirits down in Babylon got a homosexual spirit. Some folks got, uh, 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 some folks got, amen, uh, 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 thievery spirit. Some people got, uh, amen, uh, 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 fornicating spirits. Some folks down in Babylon got lottery playing spirits. Some people down in Babylon, amen, uh, 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 got, got uh, uh, adulterous spirits. Uh, there's preachers, uh, and what do they do? The fruit don't fall far from the tree. While you sit in the congregation, the fruit of the congregation is a testament of the fruit of the tree. And if I'm a preacher, I don't preach against wrong and sin and babbling and false religion and sin. Uh, amen. The people are going to, I'm going to I'm making allowances for it. If you don't speak on it, it must be okay. Just pay your tithes and offerings, and the Lord knows your heart, and he's going to bless you and repent every night because we all sin, but we all going to heaven, and let's all be happy. Just don't work that way. And she'll come up against you because you're living right. Don't think you're not going to be persecuted. Call together the archers against Babylon. All you that bend the bow, camp against it round about. Let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she have done unto her done. Do unto her, for she have been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. Therefore shall her young men fall in the streets, and her all her men of war shall be cut off in the day, said the Lord. So the bow, it represents the word being sent out. Go back to uh, uh, Revelation. Boy, you see how much is in just verse 2 of Revelation? See how, how, the, how this thing is sealed up? You know, and, 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 and so imagine the whole book of Revelation. There's a lot. So God used wisdom in, in, in putting things in symbols to give an understanding. You can spend a whole two days just on verse number 2. 
Is it thundering in here? Y'all heard the light. Y'all got the lightning. It should be thundering now. I should hear thunder now. Did you get understanding? Do you understand this thing? Is God giving you greater understanding tonight? You should be thundering. There should be voices. There should be shouting. There should be praises. And listen for it outside in the clouds. That's not the thunder we're talking about. And I saw, and behold, a what kind of horse? Purity, right? Horse. Amen. Thank God. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Thank God he went forth conquering. The church is white. The church is pure. Christ is her head. Thank God Jesus Christ and his church is going forth conquering and to conquer. Do you have the Christ within you to shoot at Babylon? Do you have the Christ within to conquer every foe? I thank God Jesus Christ, the rider of this vessel. And he went forth conquering to conquer. He had a bow, and not only did he have a bow, but he had a crown. What does the crown represent? 2 Timothy 4 8. 2 Timothy 4 8. Four six rather. Second Timothy four and six. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure, Paul said, is at hand. Paul was getting ready to leave off the scene. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Amen. A crown means victory. Triumphing victory over sin. Triumphing victory over death and sin. Amen. Uh, amen. And thank God uh, we're not only going to wear a crown, but thank God we have a crown now when we have victory. Amen. We're wearing a spiritual crown. Uh, amen. When we have victory, uh, amen, over sin. We see, uh, amen, the woman that was clothed in the sun in Revelation 12 chapter. Please go there, please. Revelation 12 chapter, verse number one. Amen. Let's look at the crown here. This woman, she represents the church. She represents the church of God. Amen. And she had a crown. Amen. Upon her head. In Revelation 12 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head, a crown. A crown of 12 stars. Thank God, the church of God, she's wearing a crown. Thank God she wears a crown. Amen. Do you have on your crown tonight? Amen. Are you wearing a crown tonight? Did you come in with victory tonight? Do you have victory down in your soul? Do you have victory over sin? Do you have victory over lusting? Do you have victory over cheating? Do you have victory over lying? Do you have victory tonight? Do you have on your crown? 
Paul said, I fought a good fight. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you fighting a good fight? Are you fighting a good fight? He had a bow. He had an arrow. But he also had a crown. He said, I fought a good fight. He said, I kept the faith. I didn't let go of this thing. I fought for this thing. I stood in defense for this thing. And he said, I finished my course. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Amen. Each one of us have courses to run. We have the race, but in the race there's different courses. Are you with me? And this race ain't over yet. You might be in a course right now. This might be your test. Huh? You might be running a course. You know, a big race, a marathon, have various different courses in the race. Are you with me? Like a warfare has different little battles in it. Are you with me? So are you fight? Are you winning the race? Are you finishing your course? The course God gets you on right now in your life. Are you winning? Are you, be, are you, are you defeating it? You might be unemployed. You might be going through. It might be that, uh, amen, uh, you can't find a job nowhere. It might be that, uh, amen, the bills are due uh, and ain't no food to feed the baby. You might be in a place, uh, amen, a battle uh, where your spouse is not saved. Uh, you might be in a battle, uh, amen, uh, where the enemy is warring against your mind uh, as a single brother, as a single sister, amen, the devil warring against your mind, uh, amen, saying you'll never be married, uh, you'll never have nobody, uh, you lonely, uh, amen, you might be in a financial, uh, on a financial course, uh, amen. Amen. Uh, but thank God, uh, do you have on your crown? When you come out of this thing, uh, will God give you a crown of victory? You might be going through the home. You might be going through the home. You might be going through the community, whatever it might be. Amen. It may be hard. It may be tough. But amen. If you are not, if you're yet spotted with the world, amen. If you're yet committing sin, if you're yet doing things that God's not pleased with, you won't come out with that crown. This crown is given to those that's going forth conquering and to conquer. So I need to conquer what I'm going through. Then I need to go forth to conquer some more. Praise be unto God. Let's go back to Revelation. Let's finish up verse 2. It says, And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on it had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth, he went forth, he went forth, he went forth. He didn't go backwards. It's not time for us to go backwards. It's not time for us to get at a spiritual standstill. Are you going forth? I'm not talking about just in word tonight. I'm talking about in your in actuality. I'm talking about, amen, in your works. Amen. What do we see in the church of God? In the early church, they were going forth. Jesus Christ built the church. He sat up on his rock. I built my church. He laid the foundation. He said, no other foundation can no man lay. He was the word of God, was the source of his authority. Amen. The Holy Spirit was his guide. Amen. Salvation was his motive. 
on the membership. Uh, amen. You had salvation working in the congregation. You had sanctification. Uh, you had unity among God's people. The church was going forth. Uh, it was winning its battles. Uh, are you winning your battles? It was a building that was fitly framed together. Not made with mortar and stone, but thank God it was made, amen, without hands. It was a living, visible unit of organized, believing, victorious Christians filled with the Holy Spirit as their guide. Filled with the Holy Spirit as his comforter, as his witness, and as his power. The morning church went forth. Amen. As we go to Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans. She went forth conquering into conquering. Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans, the eighth chapter. Verse number 35. Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate me from the love? Amen of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress, shall tribulation separate you? Shall tribulation separate you? Long-standing tests and trials. Don't see your way out. Don't see how you're going to make it. Amen. The devil coming against your mind saying you know, you're in your worst shape you've ever been in. You had a better out than sin. You know how to hustle up money. You don't have to be going through this. Shall tribulation, shall distress. The Bible said we are troubled on every side, but not distress. Shall distress. Or persecution. What's going to separate you? You're going to allow somebody to tell you that uh, you're still down at the church of God? Uh, you, you, still, you still think you're saved? You're going to allow a little hurt, a little persecution, a little people talking about you? Is that going to separate you? Is that going to separate you? Or famine? Famine. I ain't talking about famine of the word of God. But, brother, I'm talking about some family you eat with where, where, where it don't seem like you have, ain't no ox in the stall. I'm talking about, amen, when, the, when you can't find another sock that ain't got a hole in it. I'm talking when you go outside and the car won't start, you ain't got no money to fix it. I'm talking about when your heat is off, praise God. When your air is off, praise God. You got to bundle up, amen, just to stay warm and ask for God's Holy Spirit to breathe upon you. Amen. To give you grace, not to backslide in the cold. Famine. Famine. When resources are a scarcity. You're going to let famine separate you. When resources are a scarcity. Amen. And I'm not giving a poor man's mouth an excuse to be poor. I'm talking about when God sent you through a test. 
Yes, we go through things of our own account because of some unwise decisions, but we got to bear it. And in my bearing in my famine times, that too. Am I going to let famine separate me? When the devil showed me you have no future, you have no hope for the future, where are you going to be 10 years from now? You're at the dead end, and what have you accomplished?